good. So, perfect. Okay, so um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, super excited uh, for today. I'm happy to have Ravi here today, um, who's a, a great friend, someone who I've worked with in the past. Um, and I feel this show is going to be great because we're diving into a subject that I'm very close with. Um, we're working into the worlds of data science, of AI, of technology in general. Um, and I feel like this is going to be a very informative conversation. So uh, really excited to jump in with a good friend of mine, uh, Ravi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, excited, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to the conversation that we're going to kind of have. And, you know, just looking forward to kickstarting it all. Yeah. Yeah, and Thank exactly. you so much for the invitation. I was... It's my first podcast, so it was kind of nice to kind of <laughs> being able to get out here and just kind of experience uh, what it is like. Yeah. And to, you know, kind of just talk about some of the things like that I love. Yeah. Uh, AI and machine learning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in particular. That's awesome, man. I feel like, and again, you're someone who's extremely easy to talk to, um, but you're definitely one of the smartest people <laughs> I, I know personally. So um, I, I think... These, these are the type of conversations that I think are, you know, not only really cool to learn your background, but also cool to learn what you're doing um, and how they actually affect us in like real world, you know, like live action right now. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so let's, 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 let's get started with this um, because, you know, for this, for this show, definitely want to start with getting to know your story, getting to know how you've gone to where you've gone to right now. Um, and then obviously, then we'll jump more into, you know, obviously talking about AI, machine learning, data science, uh, and get that general general information. And of course, we'll finally end up with any resources that you can share with us and, you know, from the amazing world of Ravi, but we'll definitely be having you on more and more and more. Um, so to start, um, how would you define success? Oh, yeah. Um, good question. I think success, success for me is, is my vision. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I'm a, a fairly like a, like an envisioning person, right? Like mm -hmm. I work by imagining things in front of me. If I have to build a, uh, you know, a shelf, I imagine the shelf. If I have to build a car, mm -hmm. I imagine the car, right? So I'm very visual. Mm -hmm. So for me, visual and vision, um, or my, my, my imagination is important, right? Mm -hmm. So my idea of success is then kind of, kind of stems on from that. Right. Um, and that means I like to have a vision. And I like to try to make, try to reach that goal, reach that vision. And for me, that's success. Mm. Um, you know, for, for, for some details and particularly, I think my vision is, uh, has changed over time, yeah. right? You know, sometimes it might just be, uh, you know, being really cool or really fun. Right? Yeah. Um, having a lot of friends or, you know, kind of having a lot of experiences, right? Yeah. I think that is like, you know, maybe how a lot of people start. Yeah. Um, and the way I've kind of grown is kind of, it's become... It's become more about, um, it's more about kind of seeing my ideas that I think are good ideas and then talking to, talking to them, talking about those ideas to others and seeing, getting feedback on those ideas and eventually seeing those ideas come to fruition. Yeah. Right? Like that's my idea of success. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, for me, that's, that's such a, a great way of explaining success and, um, a lot of times when you, when you hear it, um, I've never really heard it broken down like that in terms of having a vision is part of what success is to you. And of course, as you've grown and adapted, you know, that vision continues to change, right? Because at mm -hmm. first, maybe you thought, you know, I, you know, at first it was, I want to be one of the, the, the coolest, you know, people in the world. And then it changes from that to being like, I want to be someone that, that impacts the world positively type mm -hmm. thing as, you, as you're growing and you're going through things. And so for me, it's like, 
first of all, let's let's get a solid understanding of, of like of who you are. So what are you currently doing? You know, what's your background? Can you share a little bit more information on that? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm a I'm I'm a Torontonian. Uh, I'm a human. Yeah. <laughs> so my uh, I'm a, I have a bad sense of humor. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think you know those are kind of like the staples. Um, mm. But you know what I am and who I am. It's um, I like to be busy. I'm mm. a I'm a creative. Um, I'm a hard worker. Mm. Um, and I'm kind of like a friendly person, right? Like I've yeah. been told, you know, I'm I'm very personable. Yeah. Um, and that kind of has not necessarily stuck throughout my entire life. Mm. It has kind of ebbed and flowed through my life as I've made uh, a variety of choices to kind of maintain or, or lose that. Mm. Um, but I, I still think even today I brought it back, you know? I brought yeah. back this idea of being personable yeah. um, and communication uh, as being a, a highly sought, af- sought after attribute that I'm trying to you know, instill in myself. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's not easy. Relationships are difficult. Yeah. Uh, and communication is kind of a, is a, is a, is a building block to relationships. Mm. So, you know, like building on that level of communication and having that uh, capability is, is really what I'm kind of striving after mm-hmm. um, as of late. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, overall who I am, though, it's it's kind of a bit of an A, B to B, right? So yeah. I, I'm, I like, you know, I do enjoy in like engineering and building things. And that's kind of how I kind of grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe... Maybe I wasn't. I didn't have the greatest of knack. Some people might have even might have heard of that before, mm. like the, having the knack of engineering. Yeah. Right. I didn't really necessarily have that. Um, you know, instead of instead of like taking apart things and putting them back together, mm. I only took it apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> Growing yeah. up, right. Like yeah. I wasn't able to put it back together. <laughs> I didn't have that level. Yeah. Um, you know, I was more like smashing cars together than like yeah. building cars. You know. Yeah. But <clears throat> excuse me. There were parts of me that were still kind of building things. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe like getting creative with paints and stuff like that still. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, staying creative is, is kind of who I was um, and who I have been uh, as of late. And Did I you always of... want to be an engineer? Or was that something that you always thought about, like, you know, growing up or, you know, in terms of a career choice or? Yeah. That's a good question, though. Um, well, I, I just liked computers. So once, um, you know, once I got my hands on like uh, old PlayStation, oh, not PlayStation, Super Nintendo. Right. So, we, you know, once I got a hands on like a used Super Nintendo, um, you know, I really got to kind of get involved and get so immersed in video games. Yeah. So that's kind of how it started for me. Yeah. Um, and then moving to computers after that, um, playing video games and then moving on to, onwards to navigating the Internet. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to uh, hacking computer games is, is kind of yeah. where I really found my love of like behind the scenes, yeah. you know, creating bots or down. I didn't even create it. I downloaded it. Yeah, but yeah, even yeah. that was enough, right? Like yeah, I yeah. downloaded a bot to play this old video game. Mm. Um, and then I moved into, and this was like, this was the peak of that, that moment yeah. was I was able to figure out how to ins- like hack the client, the exe file, yeah. right? I know it's a bit technical, but hack yeah. the exe file yeah. to inject hex code to yeah. give me superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that was the pinnacle of like, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is computer. Yeah. Right. And, and it, from video games. I yeah. mean, so, you, so you, you, yeah. I guess your love of technology started with, with playing video games from a yeah. young age. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and then you basically from there is, was that where I guess it intrigued you to start to learn more about how it worked and then obviously getting into being able to, to get into hacking? Yeah. I think I fell into it. Yeah. To be honest, I really did. You know, I fell into it. Um, video, like the video game I played was, was time consuming. Mm. Um, you know, I always tried to, I guess, um, 
try to like excel at it mm-hmm. in, in some ways, right? I always wanted to try to get the most out of it. Yeah. Right. And so I would look up walkthroughs online. You know, yeah. I would do I do that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily, and and I guess maybe I'm a bit of a cheater in that way. I wouldn't <laughs> necessarily put all the effort to do it myself. Yeah. Because it's a lot of effort, and I'm yeah. like, I don't I don't want to do all that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I found these hacks, these yeah. tricks, right, yeah. to to go through it and yeah. to kind of get that sense of satisfaction yeah. that I was looking for. But without having to necessarily invest a monumental amount of time to yeah. get a hundred percent. Yeah. No, I think I think that's really smart though, because and that's something um, I've heard. Like you know, smart people, you're not necessarily going to have to make the same mistakes as everyone's made. You look at what other people have done, and you can say, okay, I don't have to make those kinds of mistakes. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and acquire the knowledge this way, right? right. Um, yeah. And I feel like, especially in regards to what you're saying, is. Um, or, you know, I think it was as Bill Gates said something. It's like, if you want to find a good way of doing something, get a lazy person to do it because they'll figure mm-hmm. out the quickest way to be oh, able to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not, and it's not to necessarily say it's like, it's in terms of, of, of being lazy. It's in terms of how you are actually able to acquire the knowledge and be able to figure out how to do yeah. a, a job really well, right? Yeah. Um, and so in this sense is, and you were saying you, you look up videos to be able to acquire, to, to you know, learn how to like to, to hack. So is that is that one of the ways, especially being a visual learner, that you started to build your skills is through, you know, um, is through learning from other people, like, you know, looking at mentors or looking at videos? Um, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, mentors, I don't think, I don't think was the path for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a mentor. Right? Mm. I've done mentor mentorship myself, mm. but I never really had a mentor myself. And I think it would be amazing. Mm. Um, I kind of, I, I learn through just my own two feet, if that makes sense. Right? Yeah. Like I go through it, I make mistakes, I get messy and I learn from them. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really, maybe not the fastest way, but it's very practical. Yeah. That's very really hands cool. on. Yeah. So that's kind of how I've done it. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, I, for me, I like that because I, I, I feel like it's cool to kind of, you walk your own path. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like trial and error is also one of the best ways you can learn or experience is, is, a, is a great way you can learn. So taking the time to actually jump in and, and try something. And and again, it's like you learn from that experience, right? So yeah. you do. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, just to add more context. So, I mean, I have had, I think, positive influences, you know, in my life of like teachers, like really good teachers, mm-hmm. my parents, right? Um, even just music. Like they inspire me and I learn from them, mm. right? So that's kind of part of the crux is if it's like YouTube videos or if I'm just reading like online forums, I'm learning about how to do something. Right? Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, yeah, I think that's how I went about it. So did you go to school for engineering? Is, is, is that what you went to school for? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. So um, again, I, I guess, you know, there were some moments of critical moments in my life, mm. right? That really changed my path. And one of them was grade 12 calculus, mm. right? Like, I wasn't a straight-A student, um, but calculus, grade 12 calculus, I had an amazing teacher, and that was critical for me because I did so much homework, I got, like, an A+. Plus, yeah, yeah. Right? And I was like, whoa, I liked this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, right? And so, like, because I didn't have, like, grade A's, or I didn't have all straight A's, mm. I, um, you know, I got into a variety of universities, you mm. know, across, across Ontario, and I ended up choosing to go to Metropolitan University, mm. right? This downtown Toronto. Yeah. Um, so that's where I, and I applied for the computer program because, you know, my love of computers and video games. So I just, that's kind of how I went up to do that. Yeah. Did you, was your goal to, to work in like, in like the gaming world? Because I know, obviously, me and you met at Talkative, yeah. um, which you, you co-founded and designed the AI there. Yeah, yeah. So it, for you, was 
was your goal to either work in AI or is, or is it to more so going to gaming? Like what was, what, I guess once you, once you got into the data science and obviously working towards this science, what was your goal? What did you want to do with that? Yeah, that's a good question. So that's like, again, I, I think that was another just pivotal moment, moment where I had a really cool teacher and I just gravitated towards them and towards uh, system modeling is what they called it in that industry, right? Mm. In computers. And I just followed it. And, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, I, um, you know, I followed that and, and kind of that was brought me to data science, yeah. right? Um, aspirations and dreams, if that is as cheesy as it sounds, right? Yeah. I wanted to be an astronaut. If it, to add extra cheese to this cheese platter, <laughs> right? I wanted to be an astronaut and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So I was like, you know, really, I was like, I was working on my education quite a bit, right? Mm. I made that pivotal decision, mm. right? To not not just hang out with my friends all the time and mm. just like chill because uh, I did a lot of that. Yeah. But I made that pivotal moment to not do that and to focus on my education. Yeah. I mean, so obviously, because I think that's one of the things that you learn as you become more and more successful is sacrifice, right? Because it's like you have to pick between are you going to do the late night parties with your friends or are you going to focus on, on building yourself? What helped you stay disciplined and what are things that you think you can share with other people? Because certainly in the field that you're in, and I think right now being an engineer is probably one of the most sought after jobs that there is, or, you know, most, um, I would say most revenue generating, at least, you know, if you're not being on the planet right now. So is, you know, how do you, or what did you, what steps did you take or what are things you did to help discipline yourself? Um, to focus on the amount of like, work that you had to do um, and also organize yourself to be successful and come out, you know, in the way yeah. that you have. Ah, um, so I think it's, I think the, the start of it was that just crux, that decision mm -hmm. moment, right? Where I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I can, you know, I can hang out with my buddies. I can, uh, you know, just kind of do like summer jobs for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. which are fun. You know, being a security guard, it only gets you so far. I mean, yeah. it's great. I think it's a good, good job to have, mm -hmm. but I think I wanted to just kind of move on to something else mm -hmm. and I wanted something more for myself than to just walk around for 12 hours a day. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Right. And so I mean, that was that kind of like decision factor that was an influence to the decision. And that's how I kind of kind of pivoted. Right. So mm. I was like starting out kind of kind of just hanging out with my buddies. And I was like, OK, I need to change my life. Mm. And that was kind of what gave me that discipline. Right. Mm. And to keep the ball rolling, once mm. I realized that's what I wanted, I, I, I just entertained myself. Yeah. Um, it sounds really silly. But um, at that time, YouTube was coming out. Yeah. And so I would um, I would have music. Or I would have music and videos yeah. playing as I do my work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I would just always follow. And that was the entertainment factor, right? So that yeah. would allow me to stay up to like midnight every day while I was at school mm. uh, and 10 o'clock on Fridays, right? Having good friends also to kind of maintain some sort of like schedule without yeah. overdoing it and getting burnout. Yeah. I found it was uh, in the end, in retrospect, I found to be quite important. Yeah. Um, and then the other... Yeah, and then the other thing I think I was thinking of, sorry, was, um, yeah, actually it was just that, yeah, sorry. Mm. It's just no, the, yeah, no, the entertainment no, no, pieces. no. I, I feel like that's super important because for me, I'm a music person, right? Mm, from the, right, from the okay. moment I wake up, I've got my, my account and my music playing. Um, as, I'm, as I'm making it through my day, I always have my headphones in because I find it soothing, but also in terms of helping me focus, you know, I, it also depends on the range, right? Or, or the, the time, right? So it's like before I do the interview, yeah, yeah. I'm listening to tracks and they're going to pump me up, yeah, you know, yeah. but like nice. something that's kind of weird. Um, and I, I don't know if I should share this or not, but for some reason... <laughs> 
when I need to focus or when I'm like, you know, in, in deep work or, you know, whether it's, it's trying to crush a bunch of admin work or even before a pitch or something or working, writing a pitch. If I'm, if I'm going to do a pitch, I get hyped up. But if I'm writing a pitch or something like that or, or working on a strategy, I need to listen to love songs. Oh, <laughs> really? oh, yeah. Funny. Yeah. So I like, you know, like, so it's either like love songs, like Adele, I'll listen to or like heartbreak songs like Adele yeah, or nice. a lot of Motown. I grew up on Motown because of my oh, parents. So yeah. I, I, I find, you know, music um, and certainly a, a way of entertaining yourself is, is super important as you, as, as you discipline yourself through, through these things and, and something that can bring ease to, to focusing on a task. So um, I definitely vibe with that. Um, so obviously, like let's. So now you've gone through school. You kind of focused with with uh, and gotten your, your degree out of, out of, out of the, um, the work you've done. Yeah. Um, what was your first role? What what job did you go into? And and yeah. um, how did you get started? You know, as a as a data scientist. Yeah. So after after my masters, I had a huge burnout. Right? Mm. I was just all over the place. I, I lost my identity. Really. Mm. Um, I know. What do you I, mean by that? Ah, uh, well, I think. I think I was, I, 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 I viewed, I viewed and I saw, mm. I view and I saw the world in a telescope, Okay. right? So, and that, that's kind of what happened with my master's is that I, I changed from having a broad horizon uh, view of things mm. uh, to be able to listen more and mm. to see at the same time, right? To just being able to really see um, mm. and from a telescope. So. I, I changed in that way, and I was quite um, like. Do you mean like your, your your view of the world, your perspective of the world changed in general, or yeah. even in just the, the way you were, you were doing? Things? No, as a person, yeah, like fundamentally as a as an as an individual. Was uh, that part of maturation, or part of like what you learned with with doing your masters? You think? I think it was a bit of a. You know, for me, it was like um, you know coming out of my shell. I, I was a Toronto boy, mm. uh, grew up and born here, I guess. So. You know, I did. I spent most of my life here, mm. um, and I didn't get that experience to branch out, mm. um, which I think is, is is paramount. It's really it's really healthy to be able to kind of you know move away and to go to a different town and to kind of experience that culture shock. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't get that until I left, um, and that kind of stirred me up a bit, mm. right? And so I I came back having a little bit more of a different viewpoint, and this happened to be in some cases a little bit more um, narrowed viewpoint. I would, I'm gonna say to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And so, um, coming. Where out did you of that, move to? Sorry, to, to not to cut you off. Oh no problem. I um, I mean, it's not indicative. I think of the city. Mm. Is the the program itself is challenging? Being having a master's program is quite difficult. Mm. Uh, I went to Carleton University, so it's okay. quite a successful um, engineering university, and I had a great professor there as well. Mm. But I learned so much, and I, and I put the effort in, right? Like at nights and days. Mm. Um, and you know, just kind of like I think mixing up like working a lot uh, and then losing my my support system mm. kind of really kind of took a lot out of me. So I had a big case of burnout. Yeah. Um, so coming out of school, I was just kind of doing whatever. And um, I found a job uh, through a family friend. Mm. And I found a job through my family friend. And he gave me a, a nine-month position at his, uh, it's a medium-sized company mm. uh, in Markham. Um, and so I was working with him, you know, creating routers, high, high-end digital routers, mm. which was fun. It was all C++. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't machine learning. Yeah. But, um, you know, me being thought, thoughtful, I, I was like, okay, I need to practice my, my programming skills, right? So mm. programming and software engineering as well as data science is quite uh, important. Yeah. You know, being able to write uh, what your thoughts are in, 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 in code, mm. uh, translating that is, is, a, is a process. Yeah. So would you, how would you actually, I think that's a great way to actually break this down is, 
So what does this, what is a software engineer um, and what do they do? And then let's also take a look at what is a data scientist mm-hmm. and what do they do? And then finally, machine learning. What is machine learning? So yeah. we can, can we break that down? In yeah, that for sure, yeah, for sure. So um, computer engineering, it's... Um, it's a big tree and there's a lot of branches to it, right? Mm. So there's, for instance, there's the computer uh, apps, so mm. app design. Um, there's networking. Mm. Um, there's CPUs, like creating chips. Mm. Um, and then there's like creating, yeah, and I guess those are the three main branches, the three main right? Branches, okay. um, and so essentially what a software engineer does typically is they create software mm. to build on top of these systems. So for chips, you're building firmware to build on top of these chips, right? Yeah. You're using the instructions that have been built into these chips mm. um, to generate programs. Mm. And these programs can do anything, right? Now yeah. that now that we see, you know, with AI, they can do almost anything, right? Yeah. But one program can just be reading, um, like we'll call it mail, mm. right? Re- reading small boxes of mail and, and routing it to the correct location. Yeah. Right. So you can think a digital post office is the internet, mm. and so that need that that automation of that process is where software comes into play. It reads the address and it routes it. Right. Yeah. So that's software. Right. Yeah. It does that. And so what a software engineer does is build, maintain, debug, and test these kind of softwares. Mm. Okay, that's awesome. Um, and so then. Um, how would you define uh, data science um, and how it, how it applies um, to this? So for data science, um, what, it's, it's more niche. Mm. It's just a more niche of software engineering. Mm. And for data science, what we're, what we're doing is we're mixing more mathematics. Mm. So we're integrating mathematics into, these, into the software. Mm. Um, and so some of the mathematics we want to do is sometimes called system modeling. Okay. Um, and so a good example is you know, grade 12 calculus is y equals mx so like that that equation for a straight line right and all the other equations from that course mm. um but a straight line you can use that to predict things okay let's let's say for example you know the the, the object that we're talking about let's say it's a, it's a ball it follows a very a simple path mm. and that path can be predicted or uh, modeled mm. by a, a straight line right so y equals mx plus b is data science and essentially, essentially, that was the root of data science, right? So it's um, the equation for gravity is is data science. You know, um, the equation of a parabola when you throw a ball or when you shoot an arrow, that's data science, mm-hmm. right? It's it's modeling a system in an environment, right? Yeah. So data science is kind of taking these mathematical concepts and moving them into software. Now, that's obviously oversimplified, um, but... Data science, what they kind of do is they, they work with something called open form solutions, mm. where it's not like the equation for gravity, right? Or um, the equation for an arrow, where those things are closed, right? Yeah. Or the speed of light, right? Yeah. You've, you've heard of E equals MC squared, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a closed form solution for energy is equal to mass times the speed of light, right? Yeah. Um, it works all the time, you know, give and take, mm. right? It works all the time. And there's no uncertainty about it. Mm-hmm. So that's called what, what's in the industry called closed form solutions. So data scientists, they sometimes work with things called open form solutions, which is more like Y equals it to MX plus B, where it works sometimes. Yeah. Okay. And that's most of the modern, I'll just finish, like most of the modern data science stuff that we're talking about with like, you know, AI, that's mm-hmm. all uh, open form solutions. Yeah. Where it works most of the time. Yeah. Yeah.
That's cool. I mean, yeah. it's it's good to get a breakdown um, and better understand, even as specifically, you know, like, you know what you do on a, on a day-to-day basis, but also to to get a solid, because like, I feel like people also need to learn, you know, how what each of these things do and how they work as well, right? Um, and so with that is, now obviously you're working, or we, let's say we met at, you know, at Talkative, which is um, an AI platform um, for business intelligence. And it's an AI that you built as well. So this is a natural language processor that's basically able to take in some information from, from different routes um, and present it back to you in regards to, you know, specific you know, use cases that people are using for or how people are actually using this data or speaking online based on the natural language processors. So um, a sentiment analysis tool. Um, how did you go about starting to, to build like a natural language processor and, and, and a, a building an AI just in general? That's a good question. So I, um, I started off with like kind of just jumping. <coughs> no, actually, I started off with just research, mm. you know, like just researching online um as i think any good uh data scientist should start a project is with <laughs> research yeah you know start off with research um you know kind of getting an idea of the landscape um and then incorporating knowledge that you already have so i i knew from my undergrad that neural networks was a big thing mm-hmm. and then that was many years ago and then it has blossomed neural networks blossomed to what we call today as deep learning mm-hmm. and i you know caught up with the advancements of that mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, the opportunity to utilize that tool for something maybe like sentiment analysis mm. is going to be a game changer. Yeah. And so that's where I, I, I took my research, I combined it with things that I knew, and I was like, okay, this is this is a great application for it. Mm. You know? That's really cool. Yeah, because, yeah, and just to give a background, so um, one of the clients we worked with is the City of Toronto. Um, and with, I'm, when we, yeah. when we did sign this, or work with the city of Toronto based on using the data. So when we talk about sentiment analysis, we're talking about being able to read a sentence or being able to read what people are saying and break down whether it's positive, negative, or neutral, right? So this way, and, and the benefit of this to a customer is being able to understand how their clients are speaking to them or how they feel about a product or feel about the company or their service in general, right? Yeah. So that's the benefit of being able to use a sentiment analysis tool. Um, and what we're specifically talking about is he built an AI that's able to read or understand what people are saying online. So, and this can say, you can say things like, hey, I like you, or you can say, hey, I like you. And it can mm-hmm. it can sense sarcasm, which is <laughs> insane yeah. for you to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you can say, you know, hey, I fucking like you. Uh, and it can, it can, in some senses, and in most cases, it would read that because there's a swear word as negative. But... If you built an AI that's able to understand that when I say, hey, I effing like you, it's actually a good thing, right? Yeah. So being able to tell that it's positive um, and derive or pull out the emotion from that, which would be me swearing, right? Which is an emphasis of saying this is where it's actually a positive uptick and something that you we would share as a company with a brand to say to them, hey, um, this is a positive thing. <laughs> so, um, so and which is which super, super cool. Yeah. So for me, um, and that that's where you guys had brought me on to into Talkative to basically uh, to help you guys <laughs> so obviously sell the platform from there. Um, and so, what I would say is like, how did you and obviously like you working with Vivo to build this this AI? Where did the idea to to start? You know, like I guess working on a natural language processor come from specifically. Well, 
I think it's, it's you know to be honest, it's like it's not the only startup company I've worked with. I've yeah, built, I built AI for. It. Oh, okay, no, no, yeah. please share more. Yeah. Um, is it but, what would you, then? Let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, what would be what's the the best one that you or your favorite one that you've created so far? Um, I think my la my la my uh latest. I think my mm -hmm. latest one was was quite interesting, okay. and that was a without getting into the into the weeds of it. Mm. It was a uh, an image segmentation model. Mm. Um, and it's quite quite advanced, and it utilizes some of the core advancements made through um, through some through some of the bigger companies out there like Meta and Facebook, sorry Meta and Google, and Microsoft. Mm. So it utilizes some of the key components that they have brought to the table mm. and brings it into the domain yeah. uh, for uh, construction. Yeah, yeah. So it was That's a really sweet. cool company yeah. uh, called Sorted AI yeah. um, up out in the UK. And you know they 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 tracked me down uh, through a friend of mine at that time, and um, they were like, hey, listen, you know we really we really have this idea, you know, and it was their idea, yeah. right? And I think that's how some of this stuff happens. It's just you don't need a data scientist to come up with an idea. Yeah, you need them to build it, sure, yeah. right? And that's why I, that's why I come in. You know, I'm like the construction guy, right? Yeah. I'll come in and I'll build you a house, right? Yeah, but it's the kind of house you're looking for. You know, you tell me your dream, you tell me your vision of how you want to incorporate AI, um, or if you want to just have a consulting talk, you know, then we can do that. But the best ideas that I found is are coming from individuals, right? Yeah. And we can kind of brainstorm together to either grow them, if that's what you're looking for, or just to get, get down to the, get down to business and to build it. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. Um, so, uh, obviously, You've had so much experience in terms of, of, of building tools like this. Um, let's get into, like, in terms of what do you, first of all, if we, let's jump into, like, what is AI? Let's, let's, let's first tackle that. Um, and then let's jump into, you know, like, like the work you're doing right now in, in, in Europe um, and how you're helping kind of guide how it's being used, right? So let's define what, what is AI to start with. Yeah, AI is... Um, from your understanding, obviously, how you'd say it. Of course, from my understanding... Um, you know, not from a textbook or anything like that. Mm. I would say AI is an ability for a computer mm. to uh, to model a um, a system, mm. right? So humans do that all the time, right? We model languages and a form of communication to get our point across. Mm. So uh, AI has come to a point where we can successfully model uh, large, complex systems. Yeah, and and that's kind of where it is, right? So I think what people think about when AI is, it's kind of like getting more closer and closer to humans, mm. right? And that kind of breakthrough kind of came through these, this idea of neural networks, you know, kind of come from Toronto, actually. There's a great uh, professor, uh, Jeffrey Hinton, mm. right? He's what is a colloquially called the godfather of AI. And his pioneering work amongst, among all the many other uh, professors and PhD students um, working on neural networks really kind of helped to make that bridge that gap, right, between that complexity. And with the computational um, advancements, with GPUs and vector processing that have been come up, that have been created, that really, those two things together kind of created this capability for computers to model uh, a variety of complex scenarios, yeah. right, including languages, including uh, vision analysis, uh, audio, Right and tabular data as well, mm. right? So like stock market tabular data was something that was never done before. Mm. Um, now it isn't the end all be all solution, right? Because it is there are some pros and cons. Mm. I would say to, to that tool, um, but it is quite it is quite powerful. Yeah. yeah. 
That's awesome. Um, and so now, now you're in your role. You're, you're working in Scotland. Um, what, what's the organization that you're, you're working with here? Yeah. So at the moment, I, I work for um, I work for a regulatory body you're in Scotland. Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I work for a regulatory body in Scotland. So I work as um, you know one of their lead data scientists, a mm. senior data scientist there, um, building up their corporate products. Yeah. Um, so that's what, what I do for the moment. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you're helping in terms of obviously guiding how AI is used um, and, and kind of following along the lines of like the GDPR based, um, GDPR, did I say it right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, based in the EU in terms of um, how you share personal information online and then protecting user data, right? That's right. So um, the U UK came out with their own policies, mm. right? Um, and they work quite closely together, but the mm. I think the three some of the three pioneers, I guess. Well, I don't want to say that actually. Um, there are uh, a variety of policies that have come out ju in just recent, right? The GDPR being mm. one of them from the EU, uh, the Online Safety Bill, which is coming from the UK, and the AI policies mm. uh, coming from the United States, yeah. right? And there are others, of course, but um, those are the three that I've heard of. Mm. And so I'm working on the UK one, so mm. the Online Safety Bill. Yeah. So when it comes to AI, especially um, looking at safety, is there, from your perspective, being someone who has a background and knowledge in terms of being able to build AIs, uh, build AI itself, um, and having that experience, and, and obviously doing that um, more than once, as you've mentioned, is do you see, um, or is there anything to be afraid of in regards to, to AI, or is there, do you see that of, of course, there's always room for, for it to be abused and there's always room for um, people who are going to work on that. But do you see it as a potential risk that's in the, in the immediate future? I do, to be honest. Mm. Um, it's unprecedented, I think, is, is the way of looking yeah. at it, right? So, you know, um, before to do anything of this nature, mm. right, uh, before AI, would have taken maybe a, an army of individuals and the, it would be cost prohibitive. Yeah. Right? You wouldn't be able to do your idea... Yeah. malicious idea we'll, we'll say mm. um without ai because they've been cost prohibitive so yeah. that's why we haven't really seen it right yeah but now with ai we're talking that we can do things at a scale that hasn't been seen before mm. coupled with the internet we can do things at a scale that we haven't seen before right mm. um so we have the means to spread the information let's say right but we also have the means now to create it yeah right so that could be what have you um it yeah. could be um as simple as maybe like a fake video, you know, it could be as as funny as like you know me sounding like you. Yeah, you, you know, know the deep fake stuff. Right, I've the seen fakes, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So now um, I can pretend to call the bank, mm. right, and I can pretend to call the bank, and I can sound like I can sound like someone else, mm. right. And if that's all that you need to um, to convince somebody that you're you're you're, you're that person, and that's what you get. Yeah. Is there any safeguards for this thing in place currently? Or I guess, yeah, is there any safeguards for this currently? Well, that's why I think some of these things are coming out, right? Mm. Each company, and I, I can't I can't pretend to know mm. what goes on behind the scenes. Mm. Um, I obviously have my, um, my understanding of the technology, so I, I can imagine. I, and yes, there could be. There mm. could be some, some potentials for this. Mm. Now, with that being said, there's a lot of great work being done on this mm. uh, by a variety of uh, institu institutions and companies and, and nonprofits mm. out there to kind of get a better understanding of how to maybe detect deepfakes, for example. Yeah. Right. Um, but it is quite challenging. It, you know, you can imagine the scenario being more co cops and robbers, right? Yeah. But yeah, there is work. 
Yeah. There is 100% work being done out there. It's not going overlooked at all. Yeah. And what, like, for example, as, as an individual, what would be one of, like, a, a good way, at least in the meantime, for you to be able to protect yourself from things like, you know, like a deep fake or yeah. how, how can you do that, I think? So I think it's to build trust. So um, I think the analogy that makes the most amount of sense to me is um, AI is like a friend that you don't know, mm. right? So if you don't know this person, it's almost like a stranger, you're going to want to build trust before you trust their words or yeah. trust their output, yeah. right? So that's, it's more than ever that that level to critically think mm. is going to be required, right? Yeah. So if you read something online, you just want to question, well, is that true? Because if they're not going to publicize that this yeah. is generated by AI or That's not, so true. you know, you still want to question it no matter, yeah. regardless of what it, yeah. what was said. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to say, oh, you know, if it's malicious or not, you still want to take it into consideration that, oh, maybe it's biased. Yeah. Maybe it's coming from a place of, of, uh, of happiness. Mm. Maybe it's coming from a place of, of, um, you know, of a, of out of contextual happiness like they just won the lottery and now they're saying all this stuff but that does, doesn't necessarily apply yeah or whatever it is right yeah, exactly i mean so you can you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt still yeah i think and like that's i feel like that's something really important to say especially when it comes to ai um and just living in our society today because i feel like it definitely applies we, we definitely live in a post-truth society where people will say things that aren't true and try yeah. and publish that right yeah. so being able to question information that you get is is always is always important to do and especially with the increase in uh, information being um, created by AI it's important to also to question it but in regards to I like how you said um, treat AI as a friend that you don't know Um, because there's one thing that I actually I I learned um, is or I read about this is if you treat the like for example if you use like an, a generative AI like a chat GPT or, or Bard um, and you're prompting it um, if you treat it with respect or if you prompt it with respect like you're like hey can you please help me with this uh, it actually encourages the AI or it helps it get better results than you because yeah. you're treating you're treating it well it's like you're not just saying do this do this it, oh, it, really? it, it reads nice. it reads into your language so it, it responds quite well so cool. that's it's really interesting to um, to know that but also I think in regards to AI because AI is coming into our world no matter what right is being able to utilize it and, and learn how to use it to your advantage, right? Because I feel like, obviously, with the growth in AI, um, as mentioned, is it can definitely help in terms of removing all the admin tasks or all the little tasks to help you be able to do a lot definitely. a lot more work and, and, and do that faster. So I feel like certainly uh, uh, people can take advantage of learning how to use AI now and bring it into their workspace or bring it into what they're doing currently, um, which is going to help them accomplish more. Do you feel like, you know, they, they, these are things that we can do? Yeah. yeah, no, of course. I mean, it's a tool, right? Yeah. And the application for the tools, I think, are still, regardless of the fact, it's still, they're still human-driven. Mm. Um, now, if we start to integrate it, because it you know, has a, a lot of automated capabilities, if we start to choose to integrate it into our systems, mm. removing that choice might be more difficult later on. And that's where the problem is, right? Mm. And that's where people start to be like, oh, you know, we're... We're taking the control out of us, us maybe yeah. some big control that we shouldn't have, and moving it to a system that can be auto generated, right? Yeah. Um, and it just and it depends, right? It's a sliding scale. Yeah. But you know, it's a great tool to still use, none, none, regardless of that uh, mm. that fact. And in some of the applications, like you were mentioning, that I've used it as well is like uh, writing. Yeah. Right. I've I've done I've used it to um, 
brainstorm some ideas for me when I'm starting off from scratch and I have no idea what I'm doing. I've used it to brainstorm some ideas. Um, you know, I've used it to kind of like uh, put together some code for me as well, mm. some really simple stuff. I mean, it doesn't do advanced design or advanced code, mm. but if I just wanted like something really simple, I could use it for that. Mm. Um, you know, I can use it for a lot of like really interesting applications, like more bigger ones, where if I wanted to, uh, let's say, you know, read through a document for me, and then I just want to ask it questions. Mm. Right? So that might be more of a product and a scaled system, yeah. but you know, quite capable within, within the terms of current capabilities of AI as well. Right? Yeah. And you may see that product in, in a few days. You know what I mean? It's like you give this a book, say, hey, this is a link to the book. Let me just ask you some questions about it, and, mm. and, and it'll, you give me the answers. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so let me, um, to get into um, more so, uh, what kind of resources or are there any resources that you can share with people and where they can learn a little bit more about AI and how to you get the most out of it? Yeah. Um, and we'll oh definitely have this on the website too. You don't have to yeah, <laughs> yeah, share, sure. share it with me right now. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you mind if we take a yeah. pause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I just got to take a washroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Joe? Joe? Hey, Joseph, is that okay? 